0: Hello, and welcome to the Still to be Determined podcast, the podcast that follows up on topics from the YouTube channel Undecided with Matt Farrell. I'm Sean Farrell. I am the older brother of Matthew Farrell, and Matthew Farrell is lurking in the shadows right now.
1: Yes, that's me lurking in the background. Hey, everybody.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about Matt's most recent episode, which was from October 13th, 2020, and it's titled 2020 Porsche Taycan Review, competing with Tesla, (laughs) question mark. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the Porsche, and actually considering how expensive they are, I don't imagine they have much nitty or gritty. No. Before we get into that, I was thinking we would talk about a recent. I believe it was a TikTok. Matt getting in on the TikTok with the yeah, kids. that's me getting on the TikTok. That's getting me in on the TikTok on the yeah. old uh, the Twitter. <laughs> and I noticed that Grandpa Farrell was complaining. <laughs> That his expensive doohickey were all dark screens. (laughs) Yes. You want to talk a little bit about uh, the Tesla update bug?
1: What happened? This this is a fun one. I was telling a friend yesterday about this. The timing of this couldn't have been better because I'm working on a Tesla Model 3, two years later, my, my thoughts and opinions of the car now versus when I got it. I just finished that script. And one of the things I talked about a lot in the script was the software updates and how amazing it has been for the software updates. <laughs> and I finished that script. Mm. My car gets a firmware update. And I go, sure, install it. Next morning, I go, I have to move the car out of the garage. And I get in the car, put it in reverse. I'm backing up and then I look forward again and realize, wait, this, the screen's completely black. <laughs> The car basically has two computers. There's the computer that actually like runs the car, like mm-hmm. makes it function. And then there's the c- computer that operates everything like at a layer above that, which is what the driver interacts with. Something went horribly wrong with the update with that computer and it just <laughs> wasn't working. And <laughs> there's tricks where you can hold down the brake pedal and you put your two fingers on the two, like the thumbs on top of the little spinny wheels on the steering wheel. You hold it for like seven seconds and it can force reboot that computer and it wasn't rebooting and no matter what I did nothing was working and I called them and very pleasant customer service rep was like okay well I'll try to ping the car and see if I can wake it up see what's going on and she was like okay I'm I'm getting responses from the car as far as it, it's it's online but it's not responding to these requests that mm. I'm sending it she cuz you're going to have to pop over to the service center so I had to drive it's like a 12 mile drive from my house to the service center with no screen which meant i couldn't tell how fast i was going right
0: i was gonna say it's probably not st- street legal to do that probably not
1: you're supposed to have a speedometer <laughs> yeah and uh the fun- weirdest part was i i could just i was just driving the speed of traffic so i never felt like i was speeding or anything like that i was i, I just got yeah, in the yeah. slow lane and just took it re- played very cautious went slower than i thought was appropriate just to make crying sure I was going the entire the right time yes yeah the weirdest thing was the the signals because the signals, you push the signal stock. It's not a normal signal stock where it like pushes down and stays down or pushes up and stays up. It just like pushes down and immediately comes back and then there's no sound. Right. So you, you push down to go left and then it's just like dead silence. It's like, right. is it on? <laughs> and then you look in the like the bumper of the car in front of you and you see it flashing. So it's like the signals were working. Everything's working but there was no user feedback inside the car for this. So it was, it was really kind of unnerving yeah. and there was no regen braking; The acceleration was slower than normal. So mm. it was, it was very odd and unpleasant and I'm having to go back and rewrite my script now. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, uh, this is the con of having a car that does firmware updates yeah. like a cell phone, because on occasion something like this might happen. Right. So, It's a little um, disturbing. And so right now I I have a loaner. They gave me a loaner of a a Model S, Mm. which you'd say, oh, that's an upgrade. Well, they gave me a Model S, which I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. But Mm -hmm. it's a Model S that's probably about 10 years old Mm. and looks like it's lived a very hard life. (laughs) (laughs) The, The seats... Especially the passenger seat. I don't know what was happening in that passenger seat, but it looks like somebody was using it as a trampoline. It oh, boy. So, it is so beaten down. I don't want to think and about then, what that might mean. Yeah, the center console screen is cracked. And mm. then the wow. driver's side mirror, the little arm stock that holds the mirror. is covered in unders- cocaine. Yeah, the underside of it is like partially popped off, exposing the inside. <laughs> so wow. It's like... It's like what? What happened in this car? <laughs> what? What have you seen? Model S yeah.
0: was the sort of thing where they were like, "Well, we've got a loaner for you." And you looked out, and this car pulled up. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> where are we White going, power boss? puffing out. Where of are we it. going? <laughs> the windows roll down, and smoke just comes billowing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't let me out since the accident. Yeah. <laughs> It drives fine. It just, it looks like it's lived a very hard life.
0: It sounds like there may be layers of interface on the Tesla side, which is a good thing where it is still drivable despite the fact that things aren't presenting properly. And that's a good thing because if you had a breakdown of your user interface in the middle of nowhere, you wouldn't want to be
1: stranded with a car that actually doesn't work like a car. So that's a good thing. Well, it's it's clear they've built the car in a way where the functionality of the car is kind of bulletproof and it will just work. It but it comes down to the screen and the yeah. user interface level stuff that might occasionally go sideways on you. Yeah. <laughs> in the 2 years I've had it, I've only had that center console computer crash on me once in 2 years. While I was driving, the screen just went black mm-hmm. and then the Tesla logo came up and it rebooted itself. I've had that happen once in two years. And so this one is the first time I've ever experienced this. I haven't heard from many people that have talked about having what I just had happen happen. So I'm sure there are other people out there that have had this happen. Right. But I think it's probably a fairly small number. But it's it's still a, uh (laughs) uh-oh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Not good. And who's to say it's not something as simple as something didn't upload properly?
1: Well, that's the thing is like, the way, the way the update works from the way I understand it, it's like the iPhone. When you get a, a OS update, what the iPhone's actually doing is it creates a separate like mini partition where it's installing the new operating system. It gets it up and running. Make sure it's the new one is up and running properly. It vets it. And once it's sure it's okay, it will then basically get rid of the old one and then it's done it's, it's along those lines to make mm-hmm. sure that things don't brick your phone. Right. I'm not hundred percent sure if Tesla's doing the same thing, but it wouldn't surprise me that they are because when you're going through the installation process, there's a whole verify it downloads. It does this verification to make sure that the download is proper. It installs it. And then there's a verification process that it updates. So it's like, I have a feeling it's something somewhat similar, but it seems to me in my, my case, uh, there's something else they could be doing right (laughs) to try to prevent this from happening. And, uh, the guy at the service center, when I reached out to him and said, any update on the diagnostics? And he said, not yet, but it's looking like all he said was one of your computers really did not like that update. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) So it's like, what is, what does that mean? (laughs) That starts to
0: sound like I know there are instances of specific pieces of hardware that are, manufactured with an error in the manufacturing yes and that that then breaks Correct. because of an update and it's so it may be isolated to one batch of chips or something like that or a processor or something in in your
1: car so it's yeah there, there could have been something faulty with something yeah. in my car that caused this to happen yeah i had a clearly nowhere
0: near the same level of of experience but i noticed over It literally took me two or three days for things to start to seem huh for me (laughs) as (laughs) I would try to use my Xbox to play games. The Xbox is in the living room and we use it 90% of the time Mm -hmm. for uh, streaming apps. So it's in the living room and we're using it as our streaming system but occasionally I will want to play a game. and. A couple of days ago, I sat down and tried to start up a game, and the game came up with an error on the screen that said, um, for some reason, this game is, this app is taking too long to load. Hmm. And I was like, oh. And I, then my girlfriend walked into the room. It was time to start watching the movie we were going to watch. I'm like, oh, I turned everything, the gaming off. And we switched over to just watching the movie, which works perfectly fine. Then yesterday or the day before I sat down and again, tried to play a game, a different game, got the same error. And this time it was sort of like dots connecting. I'm like, oh, this isn't supposed to be happening. So I tried a different game, same error. And it turned out that this may be a cache error. Uh Or something in the cache has gotten corrupted. And the solution was hard turn off the Xbox with your thumb on the power button, holding it down until it completely shuts down. Mm -hmm. Then unplug the power brick. And I did that as we finished watching a movie and it was time to go to bed. And I shut it all down. I'm like, I'll just leave this completely shut off all night. Next morning, I plugged everything back in. Everything works now. But I thought it's 2020. And the solution for this error is literally unplug the device like there's no there's no setting inside the system for cache refresh there's nothing inside the system to allow me to go in and say like i think this is the error so i need to refresh my cache and why would that not be something that they would give you as a setting because the worst thing that happens with with a cache refresh is your system now is going to take a little longer to start certain things because the cache is gone it's not it's like, like you rebuild it. That's it. you're yeah. not wiping your account you're not doing anything drastic so it's one of those moments of why would they not trust the user with a cache refresh setting and you know a little pop-up that would say this will restart your system it will wipe your cache it may make some programs a little slower to restart for a little while but it's not going to change anything permanently like mm-hmm. give me that control instead of it literally being unplug that power brick yeah (laughs) let it sit for
1: five minutes like that can't be the best solution here but there we go Uh, well on my model three when i went into the website for the faq about like troubleshooting your car and one of the things they talked about was to push the brake hold the two buttons down to do that force restart right the second level thing that you could try was to actually power the car off which i thought was funny it's like you can actually turn the car off Mm -hmm. and the instructions for how to do that were go into the system menu of your car. I was like, I can't. Yeah. (laughs) Because the screen's off. Yeah. (laughs) So there's no way for me to turn the car off other than the software menu. It's like, oh, come on. It's like, there's got to be some some hardware trick that they could surface that could allow you to turn the car off if you need to. So I thought that was pretty funny. It's like, you're a little too software dependent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here, uh, you might want to rethink that. Switching now to
0: the subject of the video, which is putting all the cash refreshes and tesla updates to the side we look now to our lord and savior the porsche tycon
1: porsche tycon porsche porsche okay tycon this is gonna take me a while porsche has the worst names in the world and you know you have a problem when they release a youtube video on the porsche you know youtube channel that says how to pronounce Tycon. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, are you kidding? You got a problem when you have to do that.
0: One of the things that I noticed in the comments, and Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with this person, but it was a comment that made me kind of say, okay, that's kind of a starting point. Somebody actually said you are saying that they compared themselves to the Tesla Series S that never actually happened. Show me one place where they did that.
1: It wasn't that they na- they explicitly said, this is better than the Model S. You don't actually have to use the words Model S. When they, the very first teasers of this car where they were giving some reviewers early access, one of the first things they did was like, they were giving early access to do the 0 to 60 kind of drag time test where you could you know, put yourself in a launch mode and take off, put yourself into launch mode and take off. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they kept saying was that set this car apart was that you can do this over and over and over again for pretty much the entire length of the battery. And you'll never have a slowdown. It won't get slower with each launch like Mm. other cars. Mm. The only other car on the market is the Model S. So it's like without saying the words Tesla Model S, they were directly comparing themselves to the Tesla Model S. So it's, it's not that you have to be explicit. They were, it's, it's no company is going to directly name a competitor, yeah, but that's they, were the every, they were doing they were doing everything they could to basically say, this is why we're special. And it was right. like pointing out that they're better than the Model S.
0: Yeah. It's like a Burger King commercial doesn't necessarily call out McDonald's by name, but you know, they're comparing Correct. themselves to the Big Mac. Exactly. But what it got me thinking about was the idea of a Tesla series S killer. And, you know, there's always the... The reference to oh this is going to be the iPhone killer. This is going to this is going to be yeah. the one that replaces this thing as number one. It got me to thinking that you said it again and again and again. This is not looking at the same market as the Tesla. This is. Correct. They have decided that they are going to do this high-end car in this other way for. Porsche aficionados for sports cars, aficionados for somebody who wants to be seen driving something that costs this much down the road. That is the goal is to you're in a different market. Got me to thinking, what would a Tesla killer have to have? Like, and I'm thinking maybe three things that you can think of that a Tesla killer would actually
1: do. It would be range efficiency, like incredible range. It would have to be very fast, which the Porsche does do. And then the other side of it is it has to be just a kind of an all around good car, which is what the Model S is. The Porsche is not an all around good car. It's not like you're not going to get this to drive the family on vacation. <laughs> but, it was a two seater, right? No, it was a force. It was head okay. back seats, but it, a, a relatively small trunk, a frunk that was super tiny. The back seats were comfortable, but not super spacious. It was a sports car. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's the Model S is not a sports car. It's a large sedan that also does sports car type stuff. So it's like it's a little more spacious and comfortable for a whole family. It's, it got a bigger trunk. It's got a bigger frunk. It's a little it's a better all around car, especially because of the efficiency than the Porsche. So it's mm-hmm. like that's to me where a Tesla killer and there is one coming, which is the Lucid Air which is in a similar price point as the Model S. So it's not like a Porsche $150,000 car. It's starting around $70,000, just like the Model S. It has incredible range. It's going to have a 500-mile range. It's got really fast 0 to 60 time, just like the Model S. It's like it is neck and neck, like a gorgeous, large luxury sedan. And it is great. So it's like if you were going to give a Tesla killer moniker to somebody, it's like I would be looking at Lucid Air which is why it's like i was not comparing the porsche to model s at all because it's a completely different thing it's right. a it's its own beast it's a track car it's a sports car it's a luxury super luxury sports car yeah that's not what the model s is
0: so to pull a car from the past that might be the equivalent of the model s would be to say like it uh, a tesla killer would have to be something like the ford Taurus of electric vehicles
1: I would, I would say more like it's like Mercedes or BMW, Mm. you know, that style of car, Mm -hmm. which is the, if you're talking about large sedans, it's more of that luxury market sedan market. That's kind of where I would compare more than a Porsche, Lamborghini, Ferrari. It's like, that's not what it is. The roadster that Tesla's making is what would be more comparable to those cars. Okay. Not the Model S. Right. And so that is an interesting
0: response because then it puts the other car manufacturers that are playing catch up right now with Tesla, like Ford, mm-hmm. it sort of highlights the fact that they may already be largely in a completely different market than
1: Tesla. It, it, they kind of are because it's like Tesla started at the high end, and has been working their way down, right? Like the Model 3 and the Model Y are getting closer to that mass market price point where Mm -hmm. ford and gm they're already in that mass market price point so it's like they're kind of coming at it from different angles and vw is just starting to launch their id3 and their id4 sev Mm -hmm. um, in europe and here in the united states those cars are going to be priced mass market like the id3 i think is going to be the equivalent of twenty five thousand dollars. i i'd have to double check that but these are evs that are finally getting into that price point where pretty much all of us shop for cars, if you're looking for a car. So Tesla's been working their way down to that. So it's 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 interesting interesting to see how they've gone about trying to grow their company. And then this car's release seems
0: like it's simply, it's not a competitor, you know, a one-for-one competitor, as you pointed out with Tesla. It seems like it's a very good sign for the EV car market.
1: Oh, yeah. I said it right at the end of the video. It's like, I love that this car exists. Not everybody, it, when I went to fully charged at, the beginning of this year i was kind of surprised at how many people were talking to me you know they were fans of the channel and they were introducing themselves and it was very clear that they don't care about the environment they're not getting their teslas because it's greener they're getting these teslas and they love their teslas because they're fast and they're fun and they're beautiful and they just love the car and the company and that's why I love that the Porsche exists, Porsche, the Porsche exists, because it's it's meant for Porsche people. It's meant for people that may not necessarily care about going electric, but they want the coolest, the fastest car available. And here comes the Porsche Taycan, which is one of the fastest Porsches you can get. And I, it, I didn't mention it in the video, but it's their best selling car right now in the United States. So it's like it's it's clearly a hit for Porsche. <laughs> So that's where it's like, it's not going to knock down Tesla, but what it's doing is it's showing that Porsche has a path forward to electrification and they're onto a winning formula. So they're going to, they're right. going to probably double down on what they're doing. So for, because of that, I'm super excited that this, this exists because it's going to get more people into the EV market and excited about EVs, not because it's necessarily better for the environment, but because it's also just awesome cars. They're fun to drive. Right. There's a lot of value there it's clearly the future go for it so that's why i'm excited
0: and that's in line with a couple of the comments that i wanted to refer to dusenberg wrote it's a truly great thing when a company like porsche makes an ev of course it's not as good an ev as tesla it's porsche's first ev in 100 years but it's a good car and the next one will be even better cars like tycon are pushing the envelope for all electric cars even teslas i thought that was yeah very well put uh, statement that's in line mm-hmm. with with our thinking about this yeah and another comment goes back to some of the details of your video which is from john wang and john writes i used to have a macon turbo love the performance and it was comfy but the dashboard and center console was way too busy my right <laughs> hand side had countless buttons that i probably only used 10 of now the new tycon has multiple screens with less buttons but just as busy and confusing yeah. I love the mp3 so simple to nav everything but simplicity is the key
1: I'm I'm definitely in that same camp I didn't really say it in the video explicitly I didn't like all the knobs and buttons and cra- I don't like the crazy interfaces like that I it's think like, it came I think it came through the okay good yeah
0: simple is simple is better especially I've I don't Know that we talked about this on the podcast before, but I've recently joined Zipcar. I'm not usually a driver. So every time I've gotten a car from Zipcar, it's been a different car. And it's always an adventure the moment you sit down in a rental car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how do I turn on the air conditioning? Yep. Where is the interface? And how do I navigate the interface to connect my phone to the car so that things like my nav instructions will come out of the speakers? Right. All those little things. Is there a USB port so I can charge my phone? I, ha- My girlfriend and I literally sat for about, it was probably more than five minutes, looking for where the USB was. We knew it existed <laughs> because the uh-huh. car's dash panel uh, on the radio gave the option of listening to something through the USB connection. So we're like, it has to exist. It must be here. Finally found it. It was down by my right foot. I thought, <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to meet the engineer who thought that was the best place for it. <laughs> I can fantastic. just imagine somebody was lying on the floor screwing in something and somebody was like, oh my God, we forgot to put it in a USB. And he's like, just give it to me over here. I'll just, I got a, I got a spot. <laughs> the next That's car great. that we rented after that, I immediately looked down by my right foot. There was no USB. And then I found it in the center panel between our elbows right which is a terrific location and my first thought was well why would you put it there i'm used to it by my right foot so <laughs> yeah. you want to and talk it, about too many bells and do hickeys and knobs and buttons and and things a, a standard car already has that and i think that in cases like the tesla or the porsche where they've got the they're incorporating screens touch screens and all these ways it's a it's a real opportunity to pare that down yes but the other side of it is you really need to have you don't want your user interface people don't hire sony to do your user interface
1: no you want to
0: hire microsoft you want to hire apple you want to hire somebody who's used to saying like we know how we know how people think and we know how to get people into the right menus and i just recently with my girlfriend we were doing something with our phones and I had done something with one of my settings and she wanted to do the same thing. She's like, where did you get to that menu? And I pointed out to her something that she didn't know was there, which was in the settings. If you go into your iPhone settings, at the very top is a search bar. Yeah, And I said, I don't know what sub menu I went to. I just typed in what I wanted to do and it took me to the right place. Yep. The idea of needing to follow menu trees, the idea of Apple still showing you that list of every menu item, which is now like 50 deep, as opposed to trying to get a phone linked through Bluetooth to these rental cars. I have discovered in most cases requires going into the settings on the, the radio setup mm-hmm. to wipe out previous linkages. People will link their phones to the car And then they will leave that car, which is a rental car, but they will leave that linkage in the menu. Yeah. So they take up the slots and there's usually only six or so. So in order to connect our phones to the car, we need to wipe that. Figuring out how to do that, I would have had an easier time designing my own user interface (laughs) and I don't know how to do that. (laughs) It is In some cases, the user manuals that are in the car, they are the user manual for the car, but they don't go into enough detail. No. And sometimes they're out of date. So the software has updated. It is different. In multiple cases, what I've had to do is I go on my own phone and I go to YouTube and I look through YouTube for videos on how to do this because of course, there's somebody out there who's like, I think this might help somebody so yeah. i found a video that had 17 views and it was how to wipe the iphone menu from your car and i was able to do it and we were then able to link our our phones but the user interface to do that is terrible yeah terrible oh yeah. so my hope would be that the more cars depend on these touch screens that they really get smart user interface designers in there and they really think about not only ease of use but also ease of use because if you have somebody driving a car you don't want them looking down and having to figure out what to tap on a screen
1: yes uh, it, that's one of the complaints that people typically have about the model 3 and model y is that there aren't enough buttons and stalks and things to do that with tactile feedback you have to look at the screen i've driven the car for two years and i can tell you i barely touched the screen right. ever and so it's like everybody's different but at the same time i've been able to figure out ways to do everything i need to do 95 percent of the time with the controls and the steering wheel and the stocks and i don't have to touch the screen and the rare times i do have to touch the screen there are sometimes shortcuts you can do with one of the stocks that will automatically pull up a ui menu whenever you push that button which makes it really easy to do a quick swipe or a tap on the screen on that thing that slides out when you push that button on the stock. It's interesting to see how Tesla is approaching their user interface over the past couple of years and how it's been improving and getting better. It's like, they're not great at it. They're above average and they're getting better. And then you look at cars like what you just described and it's like, it was an afterthought. They got the B team to design the interface. And in the Taycan, it was so customizable. It was almost overwhelming. And at the same time, They went so far with customization, but then they stopped where it was like on that center console behind the steering wheel. They had basically three columns that you could customize. And but it's like, okay, you've just made this super customizable. Why am I limited to putting this set of options on the left-hand side and this set of options on the right-hand side? What if I wanted them flipped? Why aren't you just giving me the options to like a laundry list of, here's all the things you can put on the screen, pick whichever you want you want on any one of these three columns. It's like, why were they limiting me artificially the way they were it was it was bizarre the decisions they made around the interface for it's almost overly complicated because they were giving you too many options and at the same time they weren't giving you enough it was like there was like these weird artificial limitations around things i just found so damn confusing it it was definitely better designed than the car that you just described with the usb port by your leg (laughs) right but but (laughs) It clearly is these car, these car manufacturers need to understand that there are companies that are exceptional at this and just lean on Microsoft, lean on Apple, yeah. lean on even Google. They do better interfaces than you will ever be able to do. Yeah. So why does every company feel the need that they can do it themselves? I just don't understand.
0: And as usual, on our way out, we will share a few things that we've been enjoying to pass the time. And I will start... And what I wanted to talk about is a show that is on Netflix, which is it's in the perfect sweet spot for anybody who misses shits Creek or wants a real world. Bob's Burgers sort of show. Um, it is Kim's convenience. It is a show that I first heard about a couple of years ago. It's been around for four years. Like Schitt's Creek, it is a Canadian show that has been brought into the US via Netflix. And it is the story of a convenience store located in San Francisco, which is owned and run by a Korean immigrant family. Mm-hmm. The mother and father are from Korea, and the two kids who were born in Korea are effectively fully Americanized. Mm hmm and the older child is a he's in his mid 20s and he's actually had trouble with the law and he was basically excommunicated from the family by the father because they would butt head so much when he was younger and he actually stole from the store so the relationship between the son and the parents is non-existent and the daughter is currently going to school and she wants to be a photographer and so she is still living at home with the parents but she does have a relationship with her brother and it's one where she just keeps it quiet she will visit him and hang out with him he lives with his best friend Mm -hmm. and there is a semi-regular cast of characters who will come into the convenience store so there Mm -hmm. are friends of the parents there are friends of the kids so it's very much a sort of standard sitcom setup. But it is like Bob's Burgers. The cast of characters is so lovingly cartoonish. <laughs> you know, they've been turned into caricatures in some ways, but lovingly so. Right. And it is based on a stage play, interestingly enough, that was translated for television. And the creator of it is a uh, Korean Canadian, I believe, and. It is just a very like Shit's Creek. It is about people who love one another and sometimes have conflict, but still love one another. And so mm-hmm. it is that kind of heartwarming, like you watch it to feel good and the laughs are genuine and the writing is very sharp, very funny. And the dynamics between the characters have been really well thought out, but I highly recommend the show. It's very smart, very funny, very loving. And it's the performances top to bottom all of them are really really good
1: so Mm -hmm. it's worth your time cool Uh, for me the one thing I'm going to recommend this week is going to be I think right up the alley of pretty much anybody that watches my YouTube channel Uh, I think everybody should probably watch this I'm a fan of Top Gear Um, I've watched every season of the the British Top Gear and one of my favorite parts of that show was always like the big adventures they would go on they would do these big races across a continent or we're going to drive through this part of you know the african continent and we're each going to be driving different cars and see who can get to the destination first and it's you know a two episode story arc watching them go on this journey and it's just kind of fun um ewan mcgregor of all people has done this on motorcycles uh and he's had two previous series that were called the long way down and the long way around. And now this one, they filmed right at the end of 2019 and it's called the long way up. And it's him and his best friend that ride motorcycles on these long, massive journeys. Um, His friend is Charlie Borman which when i looked him up on imdb he actually had a small part as one of the sons in the movie deliverance <laughs> he was a kid. so <laughs> okay yeah but uh, these two guys have known each other for ever and they're very very good friends and this season which is it's been like a decade since they've done this almost a decade um the journey is taking them from the tip of south america and they're driving all the way up South America through Mexico and ending in uh, Los Angeles. So they're driving on motorcycles 15,000 miles. <laughs> and they decided for this one to do it on electric motorcycles. And then for their chase cars, for the supporting production crew, they wanted to do it in electric trucks. They wanted to be all green. Ewan McGregor is really into electric vehicles. I mean, he's actually having a classic VW bug converted to electric by the uh, company EV West that's in California, near Los Mm -hmm. Angeles, that does classic car conversions. Like, So he's really into this. His house is all powered by solar panels and batteries, so he's completely green he's into this so it was kind of like well let's not just do this the normal way let's do this with evs the problem is is that there's nobody that has at the time they were filming this there was nobody that had ev bikes on the market that that would do what they wanted it to do and there's no ev trucks on the market so they ended up talking to harley who has an ev harley coming but it's not on the market yet and Mm -hmm. they talked to rivian who's the company making uh one of the first electric trucks that's going to come to market sometime i believe it's next year um it <laughs> what's so fascinating about this is that the rivians that they're driving and that the harleys that they're driving were built specifically for them and they're technically the first in existence so the bikes they're riding have vin numbers of like literally 0000001 and 000002 and the same exact thing for the rivians So like these are like hand built because their manufacturing lines aren't pumping these out yet. So these are hand built custom just for them. And even then they were modified from what they're planning on building because they're going to be driving through freezing temperatures through the Indian mountains and through hot areas through deserts. And it's mm-hmm. off-roading and awful temperatures. And so they there was all this kind of crazy customization that had to be done. So the first two episodes are all about them working with Harley and Rivian, trying to get these cars the way they need them. And then there's no charging infrastructure whatsoever up through South America where they're going. And right. so Rivian actually installed a whole bunch of uh, level two chargers, something like several hundred of them <laughs> up the coastline <laughs> of South America. <laughs> no kidding so they could do this it's insane what they had to do the logistics they had to do And in the first two episodes when they started their journey these guys were so out of their element of what they had to do for charging that they it it wasn't the fault of going electric and ewan said this several times he said i am so a proponent of electric i feel like what i'm doing is showcasing why not to go electric and he feels bad about doing what they're doing because it's putting the focus on the wrong thing because they, several times in the first like three episodes, they've run out of charge. They've had to be rescued by uh like, like diesel generators to charge them up, which defeats the purpose of having an electric vehicle. Right. <laughs> Challenges of having to plug into people's like outlets in their kitchens to charge their car, their bikes up, and there's and because they're in areas of the world where the electricity is not very powerful, it's not powerful enough to charge the electric cars and the, uh, oh, the electric. Lord motorcycles their production crew ended up getting stranded and had to have a uh, a semi truck it's called tow charging where if you tow like a rivian this this is pretty much true for pretty much any car this is the way electric motors work but like you do tow charging where you tow the rivian and in half an hour you can put like eighty percent of the battery charge back on the car because the motors and the wheels are turning generating electricity and that's going straight into the battery pack. Mm-hmm. So they had to have their t- Rivians towed for like half an hour to get enough of a charge back so that they could continue on their path. It's insanity what they had to do. And part of the reason for this was they had not planned well enough to understand, OK, now we really need to stay here a few extra hours to really charge up to 100 percent before we go. It was like, oh, let's just get going. And they would just get in the cars and go. It's like mm-hmm. you, you guys can't do that. And the temperatures were like incredibly cold, which kills the longevity of a battery. So it's, it's, it's been fascinating to see how they've hit this massive learning curve of how to do it, how they're dealing with it. And I'm at episode five now, and they're finally kind of getting their footing on how the charging works and what they need to do. And they're starting to get into areas that have better temperatures. So they're getting better range. And, um, it's turning into what the other series were now. Um, and it's less focused on the electric side and it's more about them just going on their adventure. Uh, but it's, it's on Apple TV which not everybody has, but if you have it, I would definitely check this show out. It's, it's really well-produced. It's beautiful. They're driving through areas of the world that are absolutely gorgeous. And the time that we're living in right now where you can't really travel anywhere, it's kind of a, a fun, oh, that's what it was like to travel to fun, exotic places. Um, Right. So there's a, there's that aspect of it too. So it's, and, and and besides you were saying like that, that guy on that show is super hot. Ewan McGregor is a very, very good looking man. Uh, I don't think it's possible for him not to look good looking. Like he sleeps in a tent, he gets out of the tent and he looks like, yeah, (laughs) he's ready to pose for like, you know, some kind of GQ spread. It's like, what, what the, what the hell? It's like, how do so many of us just look the way we do? And we look like a hot mess 90% of the time. And then there's, I don't have to say douchebags like Ewan McGregor <laughs> that, that look, no matter what he does, he looks good. It's like, wh- yeah. what is up with that? What, what is up with that? Somebody explain that to me. But yeah. Anyway, I, it's, it's, a, it's a fun show. So please let us know
0: what you think about user interfaces, touchscreens, and USB ports by your feet. You can let us know by reaching out to us through Twitter at stilltbdfm or directly to me at by Sean Farrell to matt at matt farrell or at undecided mf please be sure to watch for the latest videos from undecided with matt farrell on youtube and you can find the podcast at stilltbd.fm. the podcast is also available through all major service providers like itunes or spotify please be sure to subscribe give us a rating a review and share us with your friends it really does help the podcast the podcast helps the channel the channel helps matthew and then i Look for that USB. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.